got here really early this Sunday morning, and I got here so early, the, the host church of the St. James, they had an early morning service here, so I couldn't get in. That's okay. I get to go down by the river and, and just spend some quiet time with God, and I love being by the water. And so it was, it was, it was a great win for me. And as I was kind of sitting under the hood of my car, just looking at the river and watching the birds and all that kind of stuff, uh, uh, there is this great car show that's happening. So there's all kinds of great old cars running around. And one of them pulled up to me, next to me uh, there, and a couple got out, and they just were very friendly. So they started a conversation with me. And it was, it was awesome. They were telling me about the car, and they were from Massachusetts, and they were just having a grand time being in the beautiful Hudson Valley. They haven't been in a few years, and... So we're just having a conversation, and, and I'm slipping in things like the guy said, yeah, I'm retired. I get to really enjoy life now. I said, man, isn't that a wonderful blessing of God that you get to enjoy your life? So I'm throwing things in there, and he's not, he's not catching any of it. You know, he's not seeing what I'm doing. I'm setting him up. And so finally, you know, we, we go to shake hands and say goodbye. Nice to meet you and all that kind of stuff. I said, by the way, you know, I serve as a pastor here in Hyde Park, and I, I'm just wondering. God just laid it on my heart. I said, do you need anything to be prayed for? And they just went. You know, they're like, you know, just like something hit him in the back of the head or something. And they, they went all kind of spastic on me. And, and, but it was interesting because they both said, no, 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 there isn't, no, we're, we're good. You know, we're in good health. You know, we have to, you know, we get to travel and they give me all the, all this list of things that, you know, what could we need prayer for? And I said, well, can we just pause for a minute and just see if God says anything? It was really freaked him out. I mean, it was just like, you know, who is this guy? You know? And, and, and I'm not letting him off the hook. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to stay there. And, and, and finally, you know, they, they look at each other and they go, well, we can't think of anything. I said, I tell you what, I said, look, I'll just pray that you have a safe journey back to Massachusetts, that you enjoy the rest of your, your time here, you know, showing off your beautiful car and, 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 and to give thanks for everything that God has done for you. I said, is that good? And they go, okay. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I say all that to you because you just never know what God really is setting you up for. You know, you have a wonderful story of salvation, of redemption in you. Your story matters to this world. What God has done in your heart, in your life, in your soul, for all eternity matters now. And take every opportunity that God gives you just to obviously be friendly to people, you know, just start off conversations. But more than likely, as I told them, there is no accidental meetings. They're just not. God makes these things happen. And the world may not believe that, but I do. And because God loves those people, Max and Christine, he loves them. And he wants them to come into the kingdom. And so he set this crazy pastor guy down by the riverside to be able to, you know, they pulled right up beside me. There was a big parking lot. They could have parked anywhere in the world. But I think the guy wanted to show off his car, and that was good. I made a big deal of his car. And we make a big deal of their life. You know, we, we just invite them into the conversation by, you know, people love to be noticed. They love to be, you know, to tell their story. If you give them opportunity, then you have an opportunity to tell your story, you know, and, and just to give, get in a little bit. So I just said that as an encouragement today because, you know, when we become more and more free, this story is going to burst out of us. We won't be able to contain the story. People will come up to us and ask us about the story because we're going to be free people, right? We're going to be free people. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for uh, inviting us into your presence. 
inviting us into your heart and your spirit and to know you this morning. Thank you for that. Thank you for allowing us to worship you in freedom. We thank you for this beautiful day. We're grateful that you're here with us. So I ask, Father, now again, yes, empty me of me. Fill me with your presence, with your words, with your spirit, with your, with your strength even, so that what comes out of my mouth and out of my spirit reflects on your heart. Because it, we need to hear your words and certainly not mine. So I pray, Father, that all is, that is done and said for this uh, is to your glory and to your honor. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. I've been thinking a lot about family secrets. I didn't know a lot about my family history growing up. And there were a lot of things that just were not talked about. So as I got older, I, stood, I found out more and more of, of, about my family, which was, you know, found out that my oldest brother was not my full brother. He was a half-brother. That my, my wife, my, my mom, was pregnant before she got married to my father. And it's probably the only honorable thing I remember my father, or know of my father doing. He married my mom when she was pregnant with another man's child. So that was interesting to find out. I always knew that my grandfather deserted the family when my father was a young boy, but I didn't know what happened to him. And later on we found out that he actually became a gun and rum runner down in North Carolina and lived this crazy, wild, kind of, you know, violent criminal life. And so much so, we don't know what happened to him. There is no record of him of being buried anywhere or anything like that. He seemingly has disappeared off the face of the planet. So when you start to find out things about your history, things that were kept secret, things that didn't, people didn't want to talk about, you know, those undiscovered things, they, they, have, they have an influence on you even though you don't realize it. They have an impact on you, even though you may not know what the story is. So when you do find out some of this, you're, you're, you might be relieved. And certainly I was interested and intrigued. Um, family history is kind of important to me. And so there was some kind of understanding about the way my father was, you know, some kind of connect with that. But it didn't do anything to unify us as a family. You know, the disclosure of this information did not help us. And the whole idea of that, you know, sometimes secrets are so hidden, so uh, not talked about, that even when they're exposed, it's almost like that's not the real history. You know, it's, it's still kind of vague and fake. And, you know, we've, we, we've made reality to be something else so much that, you know, it, it doesn't really, it don't coexist. Psychologists, psychiatrists know about this. It is amazing, since we're talking about blessings and curses here, how much the world understands this concept but doesn't explain it or believe it the same way that we do. Psychiatrists understand. I read this study this past week. It was very interesting. And they understand that undisclosed or hidden secrets impact a family for generations. My words, not theirs. They said that it can impact your children's children for a long time. So much so, they say things like this. uh, That hidden secrets can break down relationships. They can cause suspicion and resentment. 
And here's the one that I found really interesting. Psychiatrists say that parents who, who, as a habit, keep secrets from their children should realize the possibility that such behavior could repeat in future generations. Now listen to this one because it gets worse. The study goes on to say that keeping disturbing secrets can result in excessive stress and guilt for the person carrying the burden of that knowledge. Even when they think that keeping that knowledge secret helps everybody. Anxiety, headaches, backaches, digestive problems can occur when disturbing secrets are shoved deep inside rather than shared. People hiding such discomfort often turn to alcohol or other addictive substances to mask their pain. It is important to remember that both the person keeping the secret as well as those who live with the secret keeper, including young children, can experience similar physical and mental health issues. Interesting, isn't it? Even the world knows about this. Now, their solutions are varied and maybe some are effective. Some counseling, some understanding of of where you came from and all those kind of things. But if you do not apply the blood of Jesus Christ to the situation, we understand what we talk about generational curses and how they can affect generation after generation after generation. So I just found it interesting that that even the world understands that past events can get underneath your skin and become a part of you, even without you knowing that it's affecting you. Family secrets can be a curse, but thankfully, if we go back to Ephesians chapter 1, as we continue spiritual blessings, thankfully, God has a whole different look upon this. Verses 9 and 10. Making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Making known, declaring, giving something to understand and something to be recognized. To us the mystery, the hidden thing. The word actually means to shut the mouth. To shut the mouth. Oftentimes, growing up in my house, I felt like when I asked questions about the family, the mouth was shut. It, no one would say anything. They would just go to a different conversation. It wasn't even that they would bring it up and say, we don't talk about it. They just shut the mouth. Of his will, determination, his decree, according to his purpose, good pleasure, his favor, his happiness, his delight, his satisfaction, which he set forth, which he designed beforehand to expose and to show himself in Christ. So the beauty of this scripture is saying that God is saying that with me there is no family secrets. I will make myself known to you. Now the mystery of his will is talking about this great plan of salvation that God had from begin, beginning of time. The mystery of his will is talking about that, that specific grand scheme of his, that wonderful, generous scheme of his to, and plan of his to redeem us 
But the, the intent of the whole passage here is that God is inviting us in to know him deeper. See, I want you so close to me, so in my family, that I'm going to reveal the mystery of the, my will to you. That was is hidden from the world because they don't know Jesus Christ. But because you have come to me and you have decided to, that I am your Messiah, your King, I'm going to follow you, I'm going to obey you, I'm going to reveal everything about my will to you. I'm not going to hide anything from you. And as you press into me, you'll know me more. As you come closer to me, you will know me more. And the mystery of my will will not be a mystery any longer. This is a great invitation. No family secrets with God. The purpose of a God or a Father is to bless us and humanity with his salvation, of course. And that's the mystery of his will. But it's so much deeper than that. Verse 10 says, when, when he said, as a plan... I love this. As a plan, this word actually means the management of a household or household affairs. God is talking about family. God is talking about his family that we're now part of. Of course, he's going to tell us the mystery of his will. Of course, he's going to reveal who he is and how he wants to explain everything about himself. How he wants to explain his heart to us. How he wants to make his plans known. How he wants to make his purposes known so we can know him. I, I love this. As a plan, the management of a household or household affairs to the fullness of time to unite. That word unite means to gather everything as one. All things in him. Things in heaven and on earth. God makes this mystery known so he could unite us. As a family, as one, in heaven and on earth, in the future and now, to make us one in him so that we can understand how we're supposed to walk in this world. How, when we're placed in a situation like I was this morning, that, that we know that this is, this is a perfect time. This God, we need to speak about him because we know him. And we, of course we want to share about him. This is the whole idea that God is making us his will known so that we can live like him in the world. This is the beauty of all of this. God makes this mystery, his will, his purposes to unite us, to invite us in to the great plan of restoration, the renovation of lost people into sons and daughters. There are no hidden secrets in God to catch us by surprise. He's working to gather as one, to unite all things. God has been working this throughout history since time began. And we can look at today, we can look in the world, we can read the news today, and we can say, is it working? It doesn't look like it's working. It doesn't look like God's uniting anything. There seems to be so much division in the world. We're wondering, are you really uniting things? Is this really happening? But God says he is. And so sometimes we have to look beyond what the world feeds us. God's plans of redemption reveals all secrets. It exposes the enemy's secrets. God's great secret of redemption is exposed in us as we live out our lives in front of the world. And the way we live out our lives exposes the enemy's secrets because light expels the darkness. And so when darkness leaves, the enemy's plans, his purposes are revealed in the light. And so while I've said this before, when the world, you know, people say that the world is getting darker, I actually believe it's getting brighter. 
because the church is increasing. God's influence is increasing. He is working behind the scenes in history to reveal the plans of the enemy. So, yeah, it, the enemy's plans are revealed, so it may look dark in the fact, but I say, look, his plans are revealed, so now we know how to attack. We, we can't be on the defensive anymore. That's why we have to become free. Because when we're on the defensive, we're just worried about us. And God wants us free, so we worry about them. Because they need to hear the gospel. We've received this precious gift. And God says, I'm going to reveal the mystery of my will, not just so that you're happy about it, so that you go out in the world and do something about it. We are set free to expose freedom for other people. So they come to the, the great father that we know. This is good stuff. It's freedom. Colossians 1, 26 to 27 says this, The mystery that was hidden for ages and generations, but is now revealed to his saints, to whom God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's why we've been, we've been given understanding to this mystery. This is why God is make, making known himself. And just think about that for a moment. The God of this universe, the God who created everything, the God that is just omnipotent, omnipresent, he's everywhere, he's totally God right here, right now, and on the farthest expanse of the universe, he's totally God over there as well at the same time. He is totally God everywhere in the universe. wants us to know him more and more and more. This great God wants to reveal himself to us and have nothing between us. No secrets, no barriers, everything, so we can walk in freedom. I, I find that quite amazing. That's the hope of glory. A hope that helps us to endure the suffering and the hardships of this life with confidence and boldness. The blessing of this kind of revelation of God revealing himself is that knowing God is life in itself. John 17.3 says, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. Jeremiah 9.23-24 says this, Let not the wise men boast, celebrate or shine, in his wisdom. Let him not, the mighty man, boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let those who boast, boast in this, that he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Now I'm going to go totally off script. I want you to turn to 1 John chapter 5. On Wednesday night, on our Wednesday class on blessings and curses, we, some of the things we were, we were talking about this past Wednesday was the whole concept of idols. And how sometimes our ungodly beliefs, some of the things that uh, we put more faith in than God's word, become almost like idols in our lives. Because that which you believe, you usually serve. You usually bow down to. You usually give power to, to rule over you. And I happened to listen to a podcast this past week by one of my favorite authors, John Eldridge. And he was talking about idols. And he was talking about this scripture, and it fits. So, um, chapter 5, the last verse, last two verses. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding 
so that we may know who is true. And we are in him who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. I love this because it's talking about knowing God. It's talking about what God, Christ's purpose is for us. He, knows. he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So he's revealing himself. He wants us to know him because it's truth. He is the true God in eternal life. And then John adds this. Little children, keep yourself from idols. It seems kind of like a weird ending. But when you give power to something, you surrender to it. It becomes an idol now because you serve it. It's what you give your heart away to. If you say it has more power, more sway, more authority than God, then you have an idol that you're serving. And I thought about that and then thought, you know, was thinking about this whole study that I read about family secrets. And I said, well, you know, what's, what's the connection here? Little children, keep yourself from idols. How do you keep yourself from an idol? Keep your eyes focused on the Lord. You have to know the truth. You've got to believe the truth. Read the Word. It sounds like this is a pretty active thing, right? Keep yourself from idols. Which means there's a possibility that we're surrendering to something that's not God. That something, something in our life that God doesn't want for us. Something that he wants us to be free from. Little children, keep yourself from idols. When we're in the truth, we actually see what is true. Because the truth will set you free. 